This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hi, Jason Glick, the host. I'm John Murphy, the <laughs> producer guy. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, John. Checking yourself? Uh, not bad. You know, the weather outside's frightful. You know, all that blah, blah, blah stuff. You know, I actually am not that big. I know. I'm going to sound like a Grinch here. I love Christmas. Not that much of a fan of Christmas carols. Anyway, so, um, because they're so fleeting. It's like you sing them for, like, what, a month, and then they're gone, but they stick in your head. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's like I just ordered the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas um, sound- soundtrack for to use in the car when I um, when I drive it with my parents to my, se- to my sister's place in, in Oceanside, because, you know, apparently, like, it is demanded that, you know, I had to find some sort of middle ground with my parents in order to listen listen to stuff because, yeah. you know, it's like we do not share the same taste at all. But you know, hey, we all like the Charlie Brown Christmas um, soundtrack. But that's only like about forty minutes long. So, yeah, I, and I'll tell you what, though, that's a good choice if you're going to pick anything to listen to. It, it, it definitely fits the um, the uh, um, the the genre of Christmas carols. Now it's played all over the place. And uh, many years ago, uh, well, actually, I have this, I have this album from K Rock, and they always did these, um, these Christmas albums. What? You're, uh, oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And uh, they did uh, Stone Temple Pilots did a live recording of Christmas Time Is Here uh, on that album, so it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I think I'd like to like listen to that next time over at your place. <laughs> you got it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save, I'll save the album for you. Well, in the meantime, what do you have for us tonight? Okay, well, you know, it's like, this is going up on Christmas Eve, and, um, you know, it's way too late to consider anything for, like, you know, this is a Christmas um, gift or anything, unless you're, like, like listen, listen to this at the very last second. But at the same time, though, um, hey, if you're buying, if you want a good Christmas gift, buy um, a volume of Vinland Saga for your, for your friend, because, as I mentioned on... I mentioned my post on Monday. It's like you know that series needs the love right now, especially as um, Kodansha is um, determining what um, form any future releases um, are going to um, take in the U.S. And I'm um, certainly buying um, volumes of the series um, will um, help will help the, hope, hopefully help convince them that there is the series the series should continue in the U.S. as it is. But you know, hey, if if you can buy something else along with that. Then um, Brian Talbot's um, Grandville graphic novels would certainly be a um, a welcome addition to that, like um, to, to anyone's stock, anyone's um, comics library. Um, I it's like um, it's like um, Talbot has been um, working in the comics for um, great many years since since the um, late late seventies. He's created seminal works like the uh, the Adventures of Luther Arkwright, its sequel Heart of Empire, Tale of One Bad Rat. And um, his um, meta- metafiction epic, um, Alice, in- Alice in Sunderland. I mean, and in addition to con- doing, um, y- you know, high-end work for hire um, stuff on the likes of um, Nemesis the Warlock, Sandman, Fables and Reflections, and um, the Dead Boy Detectives miniseries with um, Ed-, Ed Brubaker. I mean, the guy is a, is a phenomenal talent. You know, even when he's just, you know, um, when he's just illust- illustrating stuff. Um, Granville, though, I was turned on to from a buddy of mine, buddy of mine at work, and um, it's it's a series that um, that draws inspiration for the works of artist of old French artist J.J. Granville, who drew um, you know, animals in a like animals as people, basically anthropomorphic 
anthropomorphized characters. Or, hey, as we're talking about uh, modern days, um, furries. But at the same time, though, you know, hey, fuck all that nonsense. Granville is a great, brilliant work of, wor- of world building, detective fiction, and action. That, you know, hey, if you're, that, you know, hey, I, I say, yes, it's got lots of anthropomorphic characters. Yes, some of them even have sex with each other. I say, fuck that. This is a great series that I would recommend to anyone that transcends, you know, it's like, it's like it transcends its genre and um, is a, and, and it's four volumes have been released so far are all consistent. Well, the last two are consistently excellent. The um, first two are just, you know, quite good. Now, start off with this though. The series focuses on, um, on a detective, on detective inspector, Archibald Brock, a badger who works, who works with Scott, Scotland Yard, works out of Scott, Scotland Yard investigating, um, ca- investigating cases that you know that most people are you know just just can't, you know just um just what dark much much too difficult for most people to solve. The uh, first his his first series um his first adventure um chronicled in in the first volume which is just simply titled Grandville, basically has him finding um dealing with the death of a British like of a British diplomat named um like Fred, um. Um, Francis Lee Otter, who was the ambassador to, like, to, to France, he um fled, he fled under peril one night, and and was about to um like report his findings to the, uh, it's like um to the head of to the head of state when um when he was when he was murdered in a in a locked room. Now, um, while the locked room mystery would be like you know like a um big sticking point for like most character most um writers to uh to to um dismantle over the course of the volume. Um, Talbot um, has um, LeBrock demonstrate his like his superiority by 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 um by by effectively um dismantling the entire the entire situation in the space of, the space of a couple pages. It, this is, it's a great introduction that establishes that um, LeBrock is a character who is not to be trifled with and who is um and who is um thir- who who's this is um you know mental faculties are you know well above most every, everyone else in the series and and that they're earned as well. It's like it's I mean, watching um him, watching his deductive reasoning take take place over th- th- like throughout the, throughout the volume, along with his um companion um Rod um Roderick Ratsey, um they uh it's like it's a it's a good it's a good who done it's who done it and why they did it and an exploration of this world which is a it's a really fan- fantastically created world because it's a basically not only is it you know it's it's a world where um you know animal or walking talking animals you know populate populate the world, but also like you know, humans, or basically a species of hairless chimp that evolved in the Angoulême um, region of France, like like over over the years, called who are um, given a nickname, derogatory nickname of doe faces. Um, it's like they, it's like they exist, it's like they exist as well. But also, um, this is the world where um, Napoleon um, won, basically um, conquered all of Europe and and England as well, and that England. Has only achieved its um, independence in the past um, tw- twenty-three years. So, so basically, you're dealing with a world it's like world transition in a world that is like you know much different, and it's also and it's also um, thoroughly steampunk as well, like in, with all the um, guns and mach- like in the floating machinery and the uh, steam and like in the and the, the trains, the flying devices, all that, and the automatons as well. Because it's got to be automatons of the steampunk, and uh, it's like and the um, and the first volume is a, it's it's really good. At, as we're watching, um, like LeBrock and Ratsy, um, 
like to study their deductive reasoning to figure out just you know like who killed the otter and why did and why did they do it and you know what is this um organization known as the Knights of the Lion and um or sorry the Knights of Lions that's why I just says kind of a spoiler ignore that anyway um and it's and it, and it also subs some rants as well as um as the Brock um gets to know a um famous opera, opera singer by the name of another badger by the name of Sarah and um, gets involved with her um to uh, to a tragic end over the course it's like over the course of the volume and it's like I said it's a gr- it's a great um, fantasy read up until the uh, last um like last quarter when um it basically um dispenses with all the um all the intelligence and deductiveness that has um driven the series to so far and um the brock basically goes all schwarzenegger it's like at the end and just you know he's like he's what he's one he's a one-man goddamn army that saves saves the day in the end you know it's like i ultimately i can ultimately go with that because yeah i i've bought into um the character's badassness so far but at the same time though like i said it's it's still way too schwarzenegger to um like it's that it still feels a little at odds with what has come before um the second volume granville um one or more um, basically has lebrock um going back to granville and yeah this is a recurring trend i mean the series is called granville and even though um lebrock you know he's based in in the uh, socialist socialist republic of england um he um he winds up there's always a reason for him to go back to Granville um like you know because you know that because the story demands it um this one has him heading back to um take on to um, track down a um it's like a serial kill like a serial killer who um who helped uh, who helped fight the uh, french in the uh it's like in the rebel in in the english um rebellion but he was also the kind of um kind of character who um loved killing people way too much in order to, um, it's like, it's like in order to, in order to achieve his ends. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like he was, he could always kind of do the worst jobs. That's because he liked, he's a, he's a mad dog, literally, who um, liked, like killing people. And, um, over the course of this, um, LeBrock encounters a, uh, it's like, an, like a woman of the night named Billy and, um, gets, gets to know her as well. Cause like, even though he, cause he, cause he reminds her of, um, what, of what Sarah used to be, be to him as well. And she, and of course, yeah, she, pl- like um the uh, complex relationship they they engage in you know like he's a he's a strict officer of the law she's a prostitute and um but still there's a um you know like LeBrock's not kind of like a um he's not a moral grandstander for lack like a better term he's the kind of guy who will you know bend the uh, bend the law like what um it, bend the law if it suits him in order to get the bad guy in in the end and we see that you know it's like as, I mean like because it turns out that you know. Mad that Mad Dog's um he was, he was originally on death row. His escape was was engineered by people who um had a lot to uh to lose if the uh, nature of the uh, of um how Britain gained its independence was ever to come to light. Now it's now I mean the second volume plays out much like the first in the sense that you know it's I love seeing um LeBrock's deductive reasoning at work and his and the uh, action scenes as depicted by Talbot are. Are still tr- are are really are really impressive. It still uh, loses a bit of steam at the end when um, it's like when we get like a couple um false climaxes when um, Brock basically um uses on um, the powers of um bl- powers of um bluffery and sub- subterfuge in order to um flush out the flush out the real killer. It kind of feels like you know like on one hand it's like it, 
it feels like a real hero wouldn't have um, resorted to um, such underrated means, but at the same, in order to flush things out. But at the same time, though, it's like, you know, hey, LeBrock is the kind of guy who, it's like, who, he, like he knows how to, you know, how to work, it's like, you know, work things in order to um, get the end, and that it, Get the unnecessary ending, but it's um I don't know I still it, I don't know it's like the um the the, the multiple climaxes in the uh, in Granville Monomore still still don't um give the series like you know a really smash the really conclusive ending that it deserves. Then you get to um the third volume which I've written about on the site on um, Noir, and here's where things really start to click. I mean it's basically a James Bond. Um, story with um, Mr. Toad from you know the Wind in the Willows as the villain, and you know there's there's lots of um, references to other um, you know classic bits of classic bits of literature. I mean, you'll see um, like doe faces resembling like you know Smurfs, you know um, Tintin, um, you know Asterix and Obelix, like and also like you know character like you know characters um, like other characters from over the course of the series from other from, you know from other you know, works of literature over the course of the series. It's, and it's not necessarily that you recognize them, but it's like, you know, fun little Easter eggs to um to observe. But um Bette Noir is a great um rousing adventure, you know, as it's like as LeBrock gets involved with the the Paris the Paris art scene and um it's like and the uh and the and the plans of a of a megalomaniac who wants who basically um doesn't who basically wants the um the um the the uh, Brit- the, uh, Fr- the French Revolution to to give way just to give way to the um to the old order so they can keep making money hand over fist so it's pretty relevant to the uh you know to the current situation in in the U- like in the U S as well basically just you want all the corporations want wants um want things to keep um keep going the way they are and just paying as little few taxes as possible and hey it's the same it's the same here and it's but it's but um, even though like there's still like you know lots, lots of clever deductions on the, like on the part of um, on the part of LeBrock and it's like and Rat and Ratsy, it's um, like I said, the, the fact that it's pitched as a, uh, as um, you know, as a James Bond adventure, you know, with and hey, you know, when um the robots when the automatons start storming the streets of Grandville, it's like it actually it's like it actually works um to it. Actually works um, to a surprising extent. I mean, it's like this is. It feels like you know this is what we, they've been building up to, what Palo's build, building up to over the course of the um, previous two volumes, and this this is when it all comes together. And yeah, it's yeah, it's little, it's a little over the it's it's more over the top compared to the previous ones, but still the same attention to character and detail is present as well. So it's really a, it's a superior action action adventure that um, basically makes that basically that um, you know. That um, heavy fearing that you know, hey, it's, this is the third volume. You know, most works exist in trilogies. Though this may be the last one that um, we see, that we see um, from Adventure in Granville that we see from Talbot. But fortunately, that was not to be the case because the fu- the fourth volume, Granville Noel, um, came out last month, and um, hey, it's actually pretty appropriate for this season because it actually takes place um during during Christmas. And it also and it also um, features a story that um, revolves around you know not not say Nick but um, good old Jesus Christ himself because it um, focuses on a because uh, the rest of the story is basically a uh, from a from a unicorn who um, it's like who was running who was basically running a running a cult 
that um, that that transplant called the Silver Path that um, trans that um, finds itself with new roots in say in Granville is basically running a a, a huge right wing con, um, conspiracy in order to, um, to in order to establish its um, it's like its power over it's like in the it's like in the city and over the and over the government as well. Now, this is the reason um, this volume is um, actually pretty um, pivotal to the. Like um to the series because it introduces like a couple um key elements to the um Granville mythos. We see that of um unique species such as the um like such as the uh such as the such as the unicorn um it's like um Joshua or yeah it's like that's that's what he's called but you know it's like he's also got got another name as well and he's also got his own bit brand of um animal magnetism as well which turns into a literal form. You know, because of because of, hey, you know that's how unicorn unicorns roll. And then we also got um, other like you know like little subplots being furthered, such as the um, identity of um, criminal ganglord Tiberius Caning, which you know by the when we get to the end of the volume, it's like his, the revelation of what he is is actually you know pretty cool, considering like all the uh, the seed the um, like little seeds of what you know what he is um, is eventually real real to be a king. You know that's actually kind of like you know not. Not too surprising at all. Not too. It's still it's a, it's a surprise, but it's actually like you know a pleasant surprise that plays off of what have, what has come before, and it's also going to certainly going to play onto um, the uh, future volume as well. But let's see. But also the um, you also get um, insight into the um, religious um, cosmology of Grandville, in the sense that you know while um all, while um LeBrock is um he's decidedly not non-religious, but um the religion in Grandville has basically while it um, does have its Jesus Christ, um, his species is not known, and um, apparently, like, um, mo- like creationism with uh, Granville basically starts with Noah. It says that the great God Noah, you know, came down it- to the earth in his ark and had all the animals, um, you know, like, um, and at least them all into the earth. Now, this works really well in a you know in a world that is like you know built of that is filled with you know um, anthropomorphic animals. But you know, like, there's also the, uh, as we all know, that there's like, you know, there's a little, there's you know, a bit more to the Bible that you know came before that, and that's, um, and the story of like, you know, just what, um, don't you know, just what these, um, you know, just what the, these, um, these missing volumes of the Bible contain is also a key plot point in Noel as well. It's like it's a, um, it's like it's overall, it's a, it, I say it doesn't have like the whole. Doesn't nail the same rousing action adventure vibe that um, Bette Noir had, but it's still a, but it's still a compelling, but it's still a good good compelling tale. And it also has, and even though um, Ratsy isn't um, present for most of the volume, we do get a nice um, um, LeBrock does get a nice new partner or compatriot in this sense from from Chance, the um, Doughface um, Pinkerton agent, like from, from the U S and they, um, they play off each other, um, like pretty well, particularly after, um, LeBrock, um, you know, quickly, um, adjusts his, um, attitude of thinking after thinking, Hey, you know, like do face in a position of authority. And then, uh, like, and then after, like, you know, chance, um, like clicks back his revolver when he's saying this, you know, he realizes, Hey, you know, Hey, you know, why don't we just get a drink instead? So it's, so it's, it's cool to see him, See him roll with the punches like that, and um, it's like and and overall, I mean, the story is a, um, it's like it's a it's a good it's a good I don't know if this is the proper way to say this, but it's a good deepening of the uh, like of the Granville world and, and mythos of this 
of the series, and and it's also got some pretty some pretty clever twists over over the course of the volume over the course of the volume as well that are set up um quite it's like quite well for the most part. So so overall, it's like I mean, even though like I said, it may not like have the uh, same high adventure, it's still um just as entertaining on its on its own terms. And overall, it's like yeah, hey, I you can expect to hear me um talk about this in the next in um the next podcast, which is going to be the best of twenty best of twenty fourteen, because um turn because as it turns out, um Talbot um recently said that there is going to be another volume of Granville. It's going to be the longest one at one hundred and sixty pages possibly, and that um it may be the final one as well because he says that anything he does after this may um have to um, be done in a diff- different style because it turns out that all the uh, it's like all the threads that he's been um, developing at this point, like um, the Brock and Billy's relationship, the um, let's see the um, like um, Tiberius Koenig's um, I, I stint as the Napoleon of Crime, the um, the cra- the uh, the release of the Cray um, killer who um, had a hand in the death of the Brock's first wife. It sounds like this is going to be uh, like all all this stuff is going to be coming to a head in the final final volume, and um, you know hey and and uh, Talbot has given a tentative release date of um, 2017. Now, of course, given how you know artists are, this could um, very this could you know just um, slide back into like you know 2018 or 2019. But that's regardless. I mean, the four volumes of Granville that he's released so far are thoroughly excellent, and I recommend them to anyone who's looking for a good adventure, um, good adventure story. Uh, who appreciates good, fantastic world building and char- characterization, and it's like and great detailed art of the kind that Talbot is um, Talbot can produce. It's like I, like I said, I I thoroughly en- I thoroughly enjoyed these, and um, like I said, um, you'll be expect to hear about them and hear a bit hear a bit more about Volume Four in two weeks' time. So, John, um, you know, any thoughts on your end? I think it's an interesting concept. I haven't read any of these. Um volumes that you're reviewing however um i i am intrigued by what you've told so far yeah maybe i should have gotten these these for you as your christmas gift instead of what i'm getting you oh that's quite all right i'm sure it'll be fine nonetheless ah so it sounds like that you already have the next podcast picked out that'll be the best of 2014 is that right yeah there are like i said there are certain things that will be showing up on there that um you know that but I'm also going to probably need to um take a look back over what I've what I've written over the past year in order to um suss out you know exactly what um you know what what is going to be going on here. All right. So yeah, it's going it, like I said, it's gonna be gonna be another another ten best list, and it's like an all. But you know what's going to be on there? Well, it's like aside from I guess you ought to be surprised aside from what I've um already explicitly said is going to be on there. Well, all right, and then, well, we'll see you in another two weeks, everyone. And we'll see you later on Comet Picks by the Glick. Happy holidays, everyone. All right, happy holidays. Bye.